Well, I'm rereading Artist's Way. Yeah. And I'm thinking a lot about uh, creative wounds. Wounds? Creative wounding. Oh, wound. <laughs> wounds. Wounds. <laughs> um, and I think the... Because the way I've been framing the first week mm-hmm. has kind of been like, I came to rehab for a detox because I was, uh, you know, um, the cult of productivity uh-huh. and tying that to uh-huh. my self-worth. So, you know, I think that's like a very rampant thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to force myself to sit with the discomfort of rest <laughs> and yeah. like relaxing and all the weird insecurities that come up. Yeah, yeah. Um so that's kind of like what I'm obsessed with now. But I feel like you guys already discussed a lot of that. A little so, bit. Yeah. With the with the rhythms episode mm-hmm. with Alex. But I have noticed... Doesn't mean we can't talk about it more. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, and I've noticed that all of our um, episodes have had a lot of overlap. Sort of interrelate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm Aranea. I'm Aran. And I'm Christina. Welcome to Dispatches from Mount Kaz, conversations from a creative community. In this episode, Christina, Aranea, and artist residents Aran discuss how we navigate spaces which are incongruent with our values and how we've evolved our processes to feel more in line with our values. Do you want to pick the question out of the pile of questions? Okay. Oh, it's mine. (laughs) How has your process evolved and what were the challenges during those transitional periods? Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm assuming you mean within like a creative... Yeah. Creative stance. Yeah. Well... I guess these questions kind of came out of me because those are questions I'm asking myself. Mm -hmm. And I think the wounding was quite literal for me because 2018 was about being hyper-productive because I had to prove something to the world and to Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And when your ego gets such a strong hold of you and you're not aware, you neglect your body. And... Um, the family culture that I was brought up in and also being a, a Korean woman, sacrificing the body was like, it's like a badge of honor. It's how you prove yourself. Uh, it's how you, it's how you're seen and unseen at the same time. Mm. And I thought, well, okay, so I'm going to be an artist now. So I'm going to do this. But I, looking back on that period of like, I'm going to be an artist now, it was about legitimacy right so the more i produce the more of an artist i am and the more i'm like at my table and like oh look at me i'm doing it i'm doing it um i haven't eaten and like i haven't slept and like oh my husband is like taking care of me but like i'm like mad at him because i don't want him to take care of me and because i'm an independent woman like all those things were just felt so intoxicating for me Mm -hmm. and Especially because my partner is um, financially, you know, he's like the 
I don't know how to I don't know how to speak in this without gendered language, but he's like the the provider, mm-hmm. and I I had to go through understanding what that meant and how not to feel insecure about it. Yeah, because it is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous privilege, and I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to, how to own that, or could I even own that? Um, so the way I wanted to um, put that all at bay was to work so hard, produce a piece every fucking day, and and then my back went out, and I had bronchitis for three months, and I was like proud of it because <laughs> because I, I, I would like call my mom and like Emma, my back hurts. <laughs> like, and then and then she would like care take me over the phone like oh don't do that baby don't do it you know you got to eat and you got to sleep and do all these things and I'm like yeah I guess so but like you know my art <laughs> and she would just be like proud and I would that was like catnip for me you know mm-hmm. and I think because I had this idea of oh it's it's just my back or like. It's just bronchitis. It's not going to be forever. But then it lasted three months, and I didn't understand why. Mm. What could it be? <laughs> what could this possibly be? And then, and then, I fell into a depression because if the body deteriorates, the soul and the heart will also kind of follow that. Sure. And through that depression, I learned all these things about me that were old ghosts, and they just kind of all came up at once. Mm. And I think I was just so proud of the fact that I was hurting myself for the sake of art, mm. and uh, the the society that we live in and the way we judge women, I think, was at the heart of it. You know, like how do you how what how do you feel like you have autonomy and agency over your life, <clears throat> and what does that look like for a creative person? And then you know all these questions that you get. Oh, is your stuff on Etsy? Can I buy it? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know I had to commercialize my art, you know. And I didn't even know if that's what I wanted. And so all these questions and all these insecurities just kind of clashed. And then my I, I ignored it. And then my body gave out. And then I felt so angry, but I didn't know who I was angry at. Was mm-hmm. I angry at the world or was I angry at myself? And at, so at the end of 2018, I kind of thought, I need to fucking relax. I need to know what that's like in my body because my body is like demanding it of me. Mm. And then earlier this year in, in January, so like my, so 2018, my back was just hurting, just kind of like a dull pain. And it got to a point where I just ignored it. And then in January, I had a muscle spasm. And I, it just completely knocked me out. Like, I went to the emergency room and, you know, I couldn't go to the bathroom on my own. Your back is everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything, let alone, like, make art. Mm-hmm. And um, it really got in, I really got in touch with a part of me that is primal, which is this whole instrument. Without this, I can't do anything. So uh, being at this residency and having Mount Kaz has really come into my life at a very um in a very auspicious time mm-hmm. um and all the all the creative wounding i think is around 
my self-worth being directly tied to how much I produce. Um, and now that I'm trying to undo that, what does that look like? Do I not make a lot of art? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And, you know, the art that I'm used to making is hyper detail oriented, very like this kind of art, like hours and hours and hours. And I was trying to make some art today and my body immediately went to that same shape. Mm-hmm. And But now it's different because I know like don't do that because that's going to hurt. And like hunched over. Hunched over and... I got this like thrill of like oh like I'm I'm back you know mm-hmm. but that's not how I want to be back mm-hmm. and it feels very awkward right now but I'm trying really hard to let my body tell me what to do and that's surprisingly really difficult yeah <laughs> really difficult yeah yeah that whole story is fascinating because I saw so much of like stuff that I've been struggling with not to the point of um my body hurting but the struggle of like finding your value yeah (laughs) as an artist especially when your partner is the one who meets your expenses yes which is where i come from as well yeah and um i I struggle with it all the time even though cameron and i have talked about it many times and he he values my my art more than i do oh yeah (laughs) because he's like (laughs) i can't do that that's not like that's something that's amazing and i don't like it's not even possible for me so yeah I'm gonna do this job that is like more um what was the word I'm looking for lucrative lucrative so I'm gonna do this job that's more lucrative so that you can do this thing that doesn't make a lot of money but is so important and so like valuable to society which is great I wish I could see that myself because all I see is that I'm not providing anything to our expenses right but that's one aspect of a partnership yeah like the money isn't the whole thing money isn't the whole thing but money has such a way of dominating relationships and Uh conversations and Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to communicate with your partner it's a fucking landmine (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like you know especially in like this zeitgeist where the woman is kind of being elevated not Mm -hmm. enough but it's it's kind of you know sure and so what is it and the whole lean in thing mm-hmm. and then Ali Wong is like no I want to lie down <laughs> yeah. and I'm like yes girlfriend I want to lie down too yeah yeah but when I go back home or when I go back to my partner's family mm-hmm. the inevitable conversations become about you know oh so what are you doing mm-hmm. meaning are you making money with that yeah and I don't really know how to avoid or directly answer that so I just try to avoid that question as much as possible yeah. It's so, it's so difficult to have something that could be confused for just being a housewife. Yeah. You know, like somebody yeah. who doesn't understand what you're doing. Be like, oh, you don't make any money and your husband makes all the money and you just right. sit around the house and make sure that the laundry is done. Yeah. That's, you know, 1950s woman. Like, yeah. You know, and yeah. that's not true. And it's hard to, I don't know, illustrate that. Yeah, it was it was really difficult on this trip that I was on. I was in Cancun for a week with um, my mom and then a bunch of my mom's co-workers and their mm. husbands or wives or I think there was one son. So it was mostly husbands and wives um, because none of them knew me and I'd never met any of them before. So I had the what do you do conversation like mm. 10 times and 
it was really, a lot of it was in the like so so what are you doing is your stuff online is yeah. it you know whatever yeah. and um a lot of the time I had the conversation about it, like oh well I'm making a graphic novel right now mm-hmm. and it's a slow process and at one point somebody asked me how big it was mm-hmm. and I said it's 160 pages and somebody walked by and they're like oh your master's thesis I was like <laughs> oh because that's more legitimate right yeah <laughs> yeah I was like oh Man, I am not around my people right now. Like, yeah. They do not understand. <laughs> yeah. The to hear 160 pages and assume that I am working on my master's thesis. I was like, oh no, it's my graphic novel. This this book of pictures I'm drawing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's we can call it like oh like part uh, husband wife kind of conversation, mm-hmm. but I think at the heart of it is can you give yourself the legitimacy as an artist, as a creative person? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's about what do I have to, what, what bullshit layers do I have to <laughs> parse through to get to that part of me that is pure and good and believes mm-hmm. in the stuff that I make? Um, but I feel like most of the emotional labor I do is this, like getting through all these, like mm-hmm. um, the internalized self-hate, the <laughs> internalized the male gaze Mm -hmm. and uh conservative values from my family culture and then i get to me yeah by the time i get to me i'm like okay i'm tired now Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 um i feel like part of my process has changed from when I went from uh, a school process of art where all of the art that you're doing is for your assignments. Mm. And a lot of that was uh, strained because you're not always passionate about the assignment that you're doing. It's in a field you're passionate about, but like, I don't really care about redesigning these gum wrappers. So it's hard (laughs) to like, you know, push yourself through that. And then I immediately went into a job with a boss as an in-house graphic designer for three years where I did all of the art that mm-hmm. was part of this small company, which was a lot. And so I felt very productive, but none of it was very interesting or um, fulfilling. And so I quit to be a self-employed illustrator and all of a sudden all of my like, all of my work had to come from me. And I, mm. I experienced a lot of the inactivity that comes from not knowing which direction to go to because mm-hmm. I always had like a teacher or a boss telling me this is what you're mm-hmm. going to work on right now mm-hmm. and you'd be like well you know I'm not excited about that but I guess I'll do it and then at the end I've done something mm-hmm. so when it's just you like pushing you to make whatever <laughs> you want how do you how do I like tell myself that I need to hustle selling stickers when I don't need the money yeah yeah. Like, how do... And if I don't need the money, where does the value in my work come from? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and so, who's giving it that value? Is yeah. it me? Or is it this system that yeah. we're in? And um, oh, God. something about what you said was so freeing for me. Mm-hmm. The, the part about, well, I don't need the money. Mm-hmm. So I can just make. Yeah. But there's still some angst around that yeah and so what is what is that what is that angst about Mm -hmm. you know and I think uh one of the the areas of angst for me is that um I've before 
I quit my job, I never did anything really freelance. Mm-hmm. If somebody found me and needed me to do something, I would totally do it. And By like chance. maybe, and maybe I'd come up with a with a an amount that I could be paid for for that. But like, I never like uh, hustled. Right. Right. And so uh, suddenly I made that my job, where I'm like, okay, I'm self employed now, so I have to do all of that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know which direction to go. Yeah. And there's, and so I'm, I'm paralyzed by indecision. Like I don't, mm. I don't know what makes the most business sense. Right. And I don't have the motivation for yeah. what makes the most business sense because the money is not what's important. Yeah. So how, like, what do I spend my time on? How is that valuable? Right. Like what? Is... Well, but, but like, you know, it's valuable, whatever it is that you're doing or not doing. Right. Because life, just living mm-hmm. feeds the work that you do. Right. But other people can see that and judge it, right? Right. And so that's that's where a lot of my work, you know, the, the fighting that angst, fighting that like, yeah, I don't, I'm like, I'm like so inspired by what you said, and I'm a million thoughts are coming to, my, <laughs> to me right now, and I, I'm trying to synthesize all of it. Um, okay, we'll scratch that. That's fine. Um, so in the Bay Area, there are a, a lot of my art friends they they hustle because they have to because because mm-hmm. rent right right and i'm that friend that doesn't have to do that and i feel so self-conscious about it yeah and the fact that i feel self-conscious about it feels bad right because bitch like you're lucky so yeah, stop so, complaining yeah but then it's also like invalidating my experience and mm-hmm. the the particularities that i have and I feel like the bad guy who's complaining about all of the the freedom. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of the conversation where it kind of just drops because money comes up. Mm -hmm. And money is such an important thing to talk about for creative people. But I feel like I shouldn't. I shouldn't have a voice because I don't have the same issues. Right? And I love hosting events at my apartment Mm -hmm. because I like having creative people come into the space. But then I get really self-conscious about, like, my apartment and, like, you know, people are like, oh, it's so nice that you get to have your own space. You don't have to worry about roommates and, like, your roommate is your partner. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's great. And, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I find myself shrinking, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I also, so I'm trying to own that and just mm-hmm. be like, you know what, this is this is my reality. And if I invalidate that in some insecure way, then that's what they're going to take away, not, like, mm-hmm. something right. else. And. But also, it's it's such a waste of energy to like totally. sit and be self conscious about the fact that you're in a, in an okay position. Yeah. So how do you like spend that energy uh, doing something good where other mm-hmm. people have to spend energy worrying about right. where the like where their money is coming from and you know yeah. where their next meal is coming from sometimes and yeah. like how they how they're gonna make rent. Yeah. You can instead spend that energy doing uh, something else. Right. Yeah. But instead, we spend that energy worrying about like <laughs> whether or not. We're... I was talking to Cameron last night. We were talking about money, and I, and I told him that a lot of the time, whenever I talk with other people about the amount that we make, I'm just like, I don't understand why Cameron worries about money. Like, I get that it's because he's the the one person making mm-hmm. the money, so he mm-hmm. worries about what happens if he loses a job, right, right? Right. But also, we're in. A totally fine position. If he lost his job, oh my God. we could sit for Same. six months and it would be fine. Yeah. So why can't he just... Relax? Yeah, about money. Like, yeah. why can't he just relax about money and not worry about it? Right. And he said, I do the same thing with you. 
he's like, you don't have to make the money. You do this art and it's beautiful and I value it and it's amazing. So I wish you could just stop worrying about whether or not you're making money. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are both looking oh, at each other high. going, I know, we we're both looking at each other going, why can't you just be happy with what we have because it's so great? And I was like, uh. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these things require time, a lot of time. And I have a tendency to judge time in such a way where, oh, it's taking too long, or I'm doing it too fast, or like, why isn't it happening now, you know? And being at Mount Kaz, time has felt so strange because I'm kind of in this protected cocoon where I can just think about what does it mean to relax and <laughs> how is that going to, you know, affect my work. And I'm just in all day and I, I, you know, I'm not doing much. So the days feel long and short at the same time. And also coming from the Bay Area where there's not like a, like a legitimate winter, like, like it, it's, I'm constantly like stunned <laughs> by the environment that I'm in. But then I'm also like, you grew up in this. It's not like completely foreign. But anyway, t- time is like the secret, like... I'm trying to understand how time affects the work that I do and mm. the the judgments I put on myself around time. Because, yeah, like, for my husband and I, it, it was an arc to understand how to talk about money and then what is it... What does it mean to be a dual income household? Because that's, that, that's its own bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, also learning how to communicate, period, together. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that took a lot of intentional time. And um, when we first moved out to the Bay Area, I wanted to be a creative person, but I didn't know how to make money with that because I wasn't going to like, I don't know, like I I, I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, I want to do something creative and I'm in a tech bubble, so I'll do I'll do web design. And I tried it out and I hated it because I I, I don't feel safe in a tech environment. Mm. And... Um, once that dream imploded, you know, I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, how, do I want to be a creative person? Like, I have only thought about myself as being a creative person, but the the market tells me that I'm not fit for this. So what do mm. I do? And, you know, living in the Bay Area, like, it's hard because money is constantly a concern. And, you know, I think the, the guilt and shame of not working and all of that like all all of these learnings took a lot of time to integrate and understand and deconstruct um but then you know you you are kind of like what when you're i think for me the creative process and being an artist is a lot about uh, a solitary time and then you have to be at some point you have to like engage with the outside world Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like this, like, eh, eh, eh. And, yeah, I don't know. What was the, the, the person? <laughs> Read my mind, Christina. What was the, <laughs> the person who talked about, like, uh, part of the creative process is, like, spending time collecting dots and then connecting dots and then sharing? Mm-hmm. Who was that? That's Amanda Palmer's metaphor. Mm-hmm. So, like, the different stages of the creative process. So some of your time is spent collecting dots, and that can look very, very um, 
very mm-hmm. much like you're not doing much like um like you're living your life yeah <laughs> and you're not making a lot um mm-hmm. and then there's the connecting the dots phase which is probably what we think of when we think of an artist making in mm-hmm. their studio um creating something out of the synthesis of what they've been collecting mm-hmm. um and then there's the sharing whatever you made mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which is the maybe more most fraught part in our society today um mm-hmm. it's interesting because she's she just released amanda palmer just released a new record on uh, international women's day on march 8th and it's been a record she's been sort of working on and like giving bits and pieces to our patreons and like collaborating with her patreons on um for seven years and wow. now she's back in sort of the arena of music journalism and music press and um you know well like recognizing that you know at some point you do have to package a thing to like put it out in the world and mm-hmm. share it in that way but she's also experiencing this like her patreon is such a safe space for her to do the work and have you know thousands of people supporting her no matter what she does mm-hmm. and collaborating with her like if she asks for a if she gives them a prompt and asks like what are you afraid of and then they'll like talk to her and she'll take that and make a song out of it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and whatever the song that comes out you know will touch some of those people who helped write it and will touch other people who hear it and like to her that's the most important thing but when you also put out an album you're also now doing interviews again with press yeah who don't understand um what's going on Mm mm-hmm to varying degrees. It was really funny to hear, like, she was on World Cafe with a woman, and that was, like, a really lovely interview that talked about the process and about the songs and about the emotions of it. And then she also did another interview with a different, like, it was, like, a live stream with a different person, and, like, she was trying to explain the Patreon, and they were just, like, needling her with these <laughs> questions, and she just, like, slammed her fist on the piano. She's like, no. <laughs> or it, wasn't, it wasn't, like, um... Yeah. It was just, like, you could tell she was frustrated. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And it was just interesting um, yeah. to see those dynamics. Um, but, and I missed this, but she just gave a South by Southwest talk, mm. which hopefully she'll put up at some point or they'll have a recording of. Mm. Um, but I think the whole thesis of it was um, instead of thinking about how much, instead of thinking about the monetization of your music, thinking back to the roots of music and thinking of the medicinal purposes of it. Mm-hmm. And like, why we write songs and sing songs and share songs mm-hmm. in the first like in since the beginning of time you know yeah. and those thinking of that like shifting some of those like all it's so easy to like the only thing you're thinking about is like how am i gonna make money from this mm-hmm. how am i gonna share this how am i gonna like yeah build yeah. an audience it's also and that's like maybe a symptom of capitalism you're just like it's mm-hmm. all about that totally yeah and it's like hard to step back and be like why am I making this? Who do I want to read? Like, see this art or read this art, and for what other reason? <laughs> it's a yeah. weird that it's a weird. It's like it's funny that it's a hard question. Like, why am I making this? Yeah, yeah. if it's not for money. Mm-hmm. And does it make it less less arts? Does it make it less legitimate if you don't monetize it? If you don't buy into that system? Mm-hmm. Because I, I keep worrying about. Okay, so I have this Instagram account and it's been dormant for half it like six months and i feel great that i'm not on instagram mm-hmm. but then i keep thinking okay so how do i share 
my findings? How do I share my thoughts? And how do I share the work that I'm making mm-hmm. or not making? How do I share that? And because I don't want to go through the proper channels or not proper, but, you know, like the mainstream yeah, channels. Yeah. And is it is it more about who do I want to show this to, mm-hmm. you know? But then, yeah, inevitably the capitalism devil comes in and is like, but don't you want to like get all the likes and wasn't it so fun? And, yeah. yeah. And don't you love your like online persona? Isn't that fun? And I'm like, no. Or do you have some responsibility? <laughs> I mean, I feel the same. I'm, I've, I have not sent a newsletter out to my tiny letter subscribers for like six months. At this point, Albert has lapped me. He's like, send two. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, I can't figure out why or I can't figure out why like what to say or what I'm afraid of saying like yeah but you like it's like you want to share the work but then it feels like the platforms are tainted or something Mm. there's a there's a sense of um it feels contrived to me and artificial yeah yeah and I don't know if it's because I'm so precious about my work or if it's because I feel I still feel uh, insecure about being an artist and um like, i i feel very protective of what of where i am and so how i share that and the platform that I, that i share it on is really important yeah but you know like email doesn't seem appropriate instagram definitely no um i don't know i just i don't know i don't know how to do that other than to like show it to people or like have conversations i think that might be that's sort of the answer i'm coming to which is like not satisfying (laughs) but it's like it's in person Mm -hmm. and it's with a small group of people but then what do you do if the like 100 people you have on your newsletter list like is it like okay to just ignore them (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah like i'm coming i'm i like i think a lot of the projects i'm working on now or a lot of the things, not even projects, a lot of the things I'm doing are around Corvallis. They're around Mount Caz. They are small. They are local. And, like, I am okay not sharing that with everyone. Mm. But then, I don't know. I guess there's still a small part of me that's not okay. I'm not sharing that with everyone. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if that's all the work I want to do for the next 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, like, 20 people. And this tiny thing. Yeah. 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 How much do you value a community? Mm. You know? I mean, the... I've been struggling with the, the... Where do I actually share? How much do I share? What's the point? I don't actually know the 150 people who follow me on this thing. Get out of my head. That's right. exactly... Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the thought of... Um, like having a booth at an art fair, which has never sounded interesting to me before, mm. sounds really interesting because I really like the idea of a physical person mm. not even buying my art, but seeing it and having a reaction. Yes. And being able to interact with Connection. Them. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So um, maybe it's just because we are, like, I don't know how old you are, but we are of, of the beginning of the internet the oh, yeah. age of the internet and maybe mm-hmm. we're just bored of it now yeah maybe we're just tired of it or i or maybe that is the way we can find connection again mm-hmm. 
Like these platforms, which all have all promise connection, are not. <laughs> they're like counter connection. Yeah, they're like anti connection. They're not doing it at all. <laughs> they're like they're hurting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the only way is to find these in person ways or do things small. Mm-hmm. And maybe to your original question about how the process is changing, maybe we have to create new processes. Yeah. And that's part of the work right now mm-hmm. is figuring out how to share it in a way that's really meaningful. And that actually has connection behind it, mm-hmm. which was the which is the purpose of art, <laughs> yeah. right. like anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's so. Uh, I remember in the beginning of 2018, I was obsessed with my art will be the 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 prop that will connect people, you know, mm-hmm. shed light on intimate, vulnerable ideas specific to women of color or just women in general. And I was so gung ho about that, and now it's like okay, so I got that angsty stuff out of my system. <laughs> What does it mean to connect with people now? And back then, I was obsessed with like building my audience on Instagram, and so now I have to shift that. And that also means I have to shift what connection means for me. Like, what do I really want to share? And um, and right now I'm I'm obsessed with my process and that. People who are outside of art, I feel like it, it would be too esoteric, mm-hmm. meaning the audience will shrink, and, mm-hmm. I, and something about that feels bad. And I don't know if it's because it's an ego feeling bad, or it's just maybe it's just the awkwardness of shifting a paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I don't like what is. Is it just about feeling good? With people and art just happens to be the background for that. Mm. I, I don't. How does your mentor approach it, Cynthia Tom? <sighs> she, because she's a painter in the Bay Area. Yeah, and she also hosts. Um, what do you call it? Uh, she, how do you talk about place? <laughs> she so place is. Um, it's Cynthia Tom and Maggie Yee's uh, program where they host a six month residency for uh, women. It used to be specifically specifically for women of color, but they've expanded it to just women. Mm-hmm. And the theme of it is um, a place of her own. For women, I think we often get uh, we're put into these categories of like wife, daughter, you know, in service to something else or someone else. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to entertain even the concept of what would it what would a place be like for me, and. They use workshops to talk about um, trauma and um, really difficult things. To they use they use art as a healing tool to talk about traumatic things. And when I went through that program, it was it coincided with my hyperproductive 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the way she approaches. Connection is by being really vulnerable and showing that through your work, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's that takes a lot of emotional labor, you know, to like really get into the dark and hard stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what I think about that. But it's not like she has a reach. No, it's, it's all local. It's right? it's hyper local yeah. and. I think she's okay with that, but her vision is to have it like you know be much bigger than that. Um, and a lot of the limitations is funding 
because like majority of of her time is spent on getting getting the funds to run the program and you know that takes up so much of her energy that it's hard for her to even make art and Mm -hmm. you know so yeah But then, like, but then, like, when she runs the program and we put on the show, it makes all that hard work so worth it. <laughs> it's just the, the the labor to get there is just so demanding. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good reminder that we should remember those good times mm-hmm. and like when it was so heartfelt and so life affirming. Um, yeah, maybe I need to post it somewhere and put that up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Post what? Like, like, like. Remember the remember the joys of making. Because right now I'm like mm. focused on like how hard it is, yeah. <laughs> and like the transition being like awkward and difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget the joy, the joy of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's we came to like an emotional, <laughs> emotional stillness. Can we crack open the window, or is that uh, gonna be? Um, it's a little... We can... Yeah, it's stuffy in here. Yeah. We can always close it if it seems like... Well, that the bird is which it might oh, be nice. Oh, that's so nice. The bird and the, the water draining into the sump pump. <laughs> it's kind of, you know... We'll see how that... Oh, that's pretty loud. Maybe it's beautiful. It's... You can hear it. Is it catching it too much? I'll just... Hold up. Not say anything for a second. That's not bad. Damn, they are chatty out there. (laughs) I mean, it's nicer than truck noises. That's true. A random thing I was thinking about um, when you're talking about your posture when you make art. Yeah. Sort of Mm -hmm. hunched over and making like really detailed, intricate, small pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking about Alison Bechtel. She's a cartoonist Mm -hmm. and her process is very intricate. Mm. <laughs> She'll like take a reference photo of every single figure that's in her cartoon wow. and then draw it. And then she'll like, th- she'll have printouts of like, she quotes a lot of books and texts in her work. So she'll like meticulously redraw all those serif type Ooh. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful work, but it's like very meticulous. Um, but after her second graphic novel, there was a, there was a time where she, I think she was at a residency or maybe she just started doing this at home. Um, she started having, she started, I saw these pictures where she had this like butcher paper, like floor to ceiling, and she was just like creating these humongous figures. Yeah. And like just drawing, and it was like using her body in a different way and the scale change, um, change like that invigorated something new mm-hmm. and also it just made me think of like maybe physically yeah you can play with different ways to make art (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so you know how i have that huge canvas or that watercolor paper i've been rolling it and then rolling it back up like just unrolling and rolling it back up and i think there's some fear around like changing in Mm -hmm. such a dramatic way and a, a bit of scarcity mindset is coming because like this is really expensive paper like mm. I can't just doodle on this well, we also have a paper <laughs> roll put your paper that <laughs> is not know, expensive and yeah. no scarcity to that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's like a whole other thing with the um, the not allowing yourself to play. Yeah. With within like you know your tools. Because changing it, a process means it means a lot of things will. You're gonna mean, experiment and yeah, it means yeah. a lot of wasted stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. I think when I was growing <clears throat> up, you know, I got everybody always gifted me art supplies, mm-hmm. and there would be times when they'd give me like. A Japanese calligraphy set and be like, oh, that's nice, but this is like fancy. And like, yeah. I have, to, I have to like make my. I'm own, not worthy. I have to like make my own ink, and I don't even know how to use yeah, these brushes. Like, this is ridiculous. And so I would just like set them aside for when I was good enough to use them. Yeah, uh, I just uh-huh. never did. Yeah, the ink is because you, you can't get good unless you're using. It. Unless you're using it, yeah. 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 Or like you know, they, somebody gives you Prismacolor markers, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh. Who gave you Prisma of this? I, I, nice. I think I maybe got a small set when I was... Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're afraid to play with it. That's that's what it is. Yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not the scale. It's not a differentness. It's uh, an awkwardness around playing, mm-hmm. you know. It's kind of like... It's kind of how I have a, a dancing block. I love the idea of using the body for play and mm-hmm. expression, but when I'm given the opportunity, I just kind of do this. <laughs> this is the range of emo- motion I can, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like that's something that I've learned from Mount Kaz, is the allowing yourself to play. I feel like Albert does a lot of play. I was play. gonna say, why do you think Albert uses trash for everything he makes? <laughs> like, yeah, that is like the number one reason to mm-hmm. use trash. It actually makes me think the when I first started ma- making my web comics, I used index cards and just like crap pens and like sharpies, mm-hmm. um, and I would just do like a panel, like whatever I could fit on each index card, and just have like a, sequ- a series of them mm-hmm. because it was so easy to mess up five times and just like throw away the index card versus like drawing mm-hmm. like a page and like if you mess up mm-hmm. one spot, you have to like scrap the whole page or like feeling mm-hmm. precious about that. Yeah. Um, but it helped me. It was. It was like the materials helped me like get over that block of making the stories. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what mattered at that point was like getting the workout. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anything that could help me like remove some point. of the preciousness was good. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's why I like relegated myself to digital work mm-hmm. so much because mm-hmm. there's no waste with digital work. Mm-hmm. There's you know, you have an infinite amount of paper yeah. and pen and. But that's also very limiting. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. It's really fun to be physical. Yeah. yeah. Physical and, that's, actual things. and that's also, like, an important, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, a, it's an important part of the process. Even if none of your finished stuff is physical, to, like, have creative things that you do physically. Right. Is very important. And I don't feel like I do enough of it because of waste and afraid to play and, you know. Hmm. Waste is? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how can we turn that waste concept into, like, compost yeah. <laughs> concept? Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. Like, you do have to... I mean, rough drafts are so necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you accept that, then whatever, whatever, you know, materials you use for that rough draft is then, like, critical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's finding... Have, yeah. Yeah. It's finding value in the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the rough. Yeah. Because I have to write by hand on paper sometimes when I'm having my initial ideas. Mm. And being a 
in generally pretty like a sustainable eco-conscious sort of lifestyle and like mindset it's really hard to on some level it'd be really hard to waste all that paper um but i can't do it digitally Mm -hmm. and so i mean i just use the backs of i use a lot of scrap paper yeah um but i use a lot of paper (laughs) i go through a lot of paper Mm -hmm. um but i know that i can't my my thinking is constrained in a weird way when I'm working digitally. Huh. Like I need the physical yeah. analog stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What is the this is like this is I don't cuz you know like we would give you a chance to like plug your stuff, but like that's sort of antithetical to. I know, I know, do. So, like, I know. What is the opposite question? Ooh, can I read? Um, maybe I can find it. <laughs> I mean, I'll do this instead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is a provocation, and you can answer this now or Thursday or not at all. Um, so this is the author bio from Nikki Giovanni's new book, "A Good Cry: What We Learn from Tears and Laughter." So it says about the author. A long time ago, a little girl sat in the window of the bedroom she shared with her older sister and read by finger flashlight. She looked at the stars when the battery gave way, and when she got older, she snuggled under her grandmother's quilts to listen to jazz on the radio all night, or at least until she fell asleep. She first fell in love with words, then they somehow seemed to fall in love with her. She got to learn history, meet people, travel everywhere, and since this is a good fairy tale, she lives happily ever after. There may be other things along the way, but the words and the stars and the music are all that matter. So, like, mm. that's her author bio instead of, like, she's won this many awards mm. and written this many books yeah. and is from this town or whatever. Um, so I thought, and she said it was, like, because she wanted it to f- give people a sense of, like, who she is oh. and what she is. Because that's ultimately what you want. Right? Yeah. yeah. Give a sense of, yeah. Instead of the default of, like, yeah, yeah. here are my credentials. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, that feels very radical. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have, an, if you wanted to introduce yourself or your work or the questions you're grappling with yeah. in that frame, yeah. what would you mm-hmm. want uh, to share? Like right now? Either way. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Aran Lee. I'm a multidisciplinary artist. <laughs> working in the Bay Area, kind of, <laughs> trying to figure out uh, squishy questions around value. What does it mean to shift paradigms in my process and constantly honing my voice through questioning and questioning and seeking and curiosity? Mm. Yeah, I like that. I love the idea of, of writing an artist bio in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not really about what you make or how many awards you've won or how long you've been doing it. It's right. about what you're trying to do Or as who an you are as yeah. a person. Like, when you read a resume, you don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about, yeah, illustrating why you do art for whatever reason. Mm. That's beautiful. So if you would like to answer these questions with us, how has your process evolved and what were the challenges during those transitional periods?
You've been listening to Dispatches from Mount Cass, Conversations from a Creative Community, produced by Mount Cass Studios in Corvallis, Oregon. For links and info of things we've talked about, check out the show notes. Welcome to the. the <laughs> Welcome to the. Mm-hmm. Aranea, Aran. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because <laughs> it's so not a gong. <laughs> I know.